Hey guys, this is Drake. Thanks so much for tuning in to our City Church podcast here. It's an honor to have you. Hey, at the end of this episode, we'd love for you to take a moment, subscribe to this podcast channel if you haven't already. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel so we can continue to serve you with content that we're putting out on a weekly basis. And in addition, if we can serve you in any way or connect with you in community in any way, you can visit our website at citychurchboulder.com and we would love to connect with you there. And lastly, and most importantly, I hope this content is helpful to you. It's encouraging, it's inspiring, and you leave better than you showed up. Enjoy. Guys, hey, good morning. How you doing? Oh man, it's always a hit or miss. I never know what I'm going to get on a Sunday morning. I know it's dreary outside and it's kind of cold and, and so you like had to roll out of bed and get out of the warm blankets and all of that, but I am so glad that you joined us here this morning. Really, really grateful to have you. My name is Drake. I'm the pastor here, and it's an honor to be gathering with you this morning. If you're joining us online, you did not get out of those comfy blankets, but we're glad you're here anyway. But man, so excited to be able to continue our series starting point. Now, if you're a guest with us, so pumped to have you. You're not missing out on anything by jumping in today, but we are in week seven of a series called Starting Point. The premise has been that everything has a starting point in life. You have a starting point. I have a starting point. Everything that we experience in life has a starting point. The job that you're in currently, the school that you're going to, starting points are all over the place. And even faith has a starting point. We have, we've been kind of taking a step back, if you will, because we realized that as we gather together, people are coming together from all different spaces on their spiritual journey. And so a couple of things I want you to hear from me before we get going. No matter where you are on your spiritual journey today, you are loved, safe, and welcome. And our mission here at City Church is to help people find their way to God from where they are. And what that means for you is that our desire is to meet you where you are and help you take some next steps. And so if you've been following Jesus for 20 years, or you're a brand new follower of Jesus, and you're not sure what you believe about Jesus and why, this is a space for you to wrestle with those hard questions. The point of this series has been to really deal with some things that, that maybe uh, you've not been allowed to talk about, or maybe there have been questions for you that other people just said, hey, don't ask those hard questions. Hey, you just need to believe a little harder. Hey, you need to have a little more faith, have some faith in faith, right? Or, or maybe these are some of the things we've been addressing, the, the, the reasons that people walk away from faith or stay away from faith altogether. And so we've been walking through this conversation, and then we're, we're kind of landing the plane at this point. Week seven, you can go back on our podcast, our YouTube channel, and catch the other uh, uh, talks that we've been doing, and they're all kind of building on each other. And so I highly recommend it. If, if you've kind of just jumping in, there's some really, really helpful stuff. It's been helpful to me. I'm sure it's been helpful to others as well. Hopefully be helpful to you. And so you can use those resources as they are helpful to you. But today, before we get into the topic, I just want to celebrate a few things. Friday night, we had a Halloween party up here, and it was off the chain. You guys agree? Was it awesome? Put your hands together if you're at the party. It was amazing. Amazing. My favorite part of the evening was my good friend Connor in his sexy nurse costume. It was not PG, but it was amazingly hilarious. So uh, it was a really awesome evening. Had a great time. Lots and lots of people who don't connect to City Church on a regular basis were there. It was a great space to create safe community and build community, and it was a lot, a lot of fun. So thank you guys so much for being a church uh, where people are comfortable not only bringing their friends, but then I, I, I got multiple, multiple stories after the fact of people saying, wow, your church is so amazing, so welcoming. I felt so loved. It was easy to connect. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for being that kind of church. And, and again, I, I want to continue to celebrate this Food for Families thing we get to do is an incredible initiative uh, because we want to be bigger than just our church. We realize it's not all about us. We're not the heroes of the city. Uh, we're just a part of what God is doing in and through our city and, or in and through us and other churches here in Boulder. And so we're partnering with other churches for this Food for Families initiative to serve families in need. And so that card that Maddie was talking about is a really helpful starting point just to scan the card. It's got like a list of food item, shopping items, and you can sign up for 
X amount of bags to give. And in addition, coming out, you're going to find all this on our website and on all of our social media platforms. There's also an opportunity to get a bag. So if you or anyone you know is going to be in need of a Thanksgiving meal, this is basically an entire Thanksgiving meal in a bag that we deliver to homes. Last year, we served 58 families over the Thanksgiving holiday, just, uh, just our church. It was, it was way more than that across our churches. Yeah, you can put your hands together. And what's really cool, guys, is this is a collective initiative across a lot of our partner churches here in Boulder. And so uh, I don't even know the number of how many families we served together collectively. I should probably get that. That'd be awesome to know. Um, but again, we're anticipating uh, quite a few more than last year over the 58. And so, uh, again, you can sign up to give one bag, two bags, three bags, 10 bags. Um, and you can go shopping for those items. There's even an option to give towards those bags, um, and then we'll have someone from our team go shopping for you, um, which is awesome. It's kind of like Amazon, but not, because uh, no one's getting paid on our end to do that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, listen, it's an incredible initiative. We just want to invite you into that, that, that through your generosity, because of, of our values of radical generosity, this is a way that we get to serve our city, those in need in this season, with no strings attached. Um, and so there's opportunities not only for you to give towards those, but you can also be a part of the team that delivers them to the families, things like that. So, man, I just want you to know that I'm grateful to be a part of a radically generous church. So can, can you put your hands together ahead of time for how God's going to use that? So excited, so excited. Okay, and by the way, happy Halloween. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried really hard to get Maddie to wear her costume when she did the welcome. And, uh, you know, we're like, we've we're, we got to be a professional adults in here, okay? I almost wore mine, but it also was not appropriate. So we're just going to roll with that. Um, but it is Halloween. Pumped to, to, to just celebrate with my kids today and roll around with my family. But in light of Halloween, today might be the most disturbing message out of this entire series. And so it just kind of felt right on Halloween to give you this, the most disturbing message out of this entire series. And so here's the deal. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, this message is going to make you uncomfortable for a minute uh, um, because it makes me uncomfortable for a minute because we're going to talk about some real questions and real challenges that people have when it comes to conversations around faith. If you're not a follower of Jesus, uh, you, you might actually kind of feel confused because you're going to be listening to me for a second and you're going to be like, that's what I've been telling my friends this whole time. So wait. <laughs> Where am I in this conversation? So it's going to be really helpful. We're going to land the plane. I promise we're going to get to the Bible. We're going to get to Jesus. It's going to be really, really helpful. But to start it off, we're going to kind of take a step back. This whole conversation has been about the starting point of faith. But the one thing we haven't addressed over the course of these seven and going into eight weeks is going to be the final week next week. The one thing we haven't talked about is, is like, how do you define faith? What is the role of faith and belief? Like, actually talking about that word and that concept. And so today, we're going to talk about just this central conversation of, like, what is faith and, and what is the role of faith and belief and those words. And, and it kind of gets confusing because we use faith and belief, right, and they kind of get lumped into religious conversations, um, but they're not religious words on their own. I mean, you probably know that if you think about it. I mean, oftentimes they show up in those spheres, but faith and belief, they're just they're just faith and belief. Like on their own, if we're going to take a step back and look at this conversation, their words are not meant to be used strictly within the religious you know, uh, framework. And so then if we're going to take a step back, what, what is it going to look like? And here's, here's why we're talking about this. Faith is perhaps the most confused, misused, and abused concept in religion. Right? Even when we start talking about it, we all have these little things in our minds we start putting together, and, and you know, sometimes we don't even give thought to where those ideas came from when you start talking about faith and belief, and what does that have to mean, or what should it mean. And by the way, in this talk, in this, in this conversation that we're having today, I'm going to use faith and belief interchangeably, because uh, you know, they're basically, they, they mean the same thing, and so we're going to use those words interchangeably as we talk. But again, they're not strictly religious terms, and it gets kind of weird, because sometimes people start talking about faith and belief like, like as if it's a power. You know, like, like all of a sudden we're moving into the Star Wars realm and it's a force. You know, you just got to have a little more faith or maybe you didn't have enough faith. You got to believe a little harder. And it's almost like this power that we can leverage. And you're like, okay, what do we, 
what do we do with that? Like, like, what's the role of faith in a life, specifically when it comes to conversations around, you know, uh, faith in, in Christianity or any other world religion, for, for that matter? And so we're going to talk about that today. So first, I'm going to give you three observations, just three general observations about faith and belief, and then we're going to move into kind of like bringing it back together to, okay, how does this apply to the Christian faith, and, and what's different? Why does it matter? So we're going to go in that direction. You guys ready? So again, I'll just kind of buckle up because it's a little, uh, you know, disturbing today, but it's, it's disturbing in probably a good way for us. By the way, if you're a follower of Jesus, one of the reasons we do this um, is, is so that you and I are both equipped. If, if we're followers of Jesus, we're equipped to, to be able to, like, sit in those hard questions. Like, I have lots of conversations on a regular basis where people say, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And I'm like, that's a, that's a good question. And you know, I don't know that I can answer that really, really well. Or you know what, I haven't, I haven't given that much thought. And so we're, we're entering into those spaces so we are more equipped to love and serve those around us. So number one, first, first observation is the ability to believe. Again, we're just kind of talking about this in the, in the kind of secular big, big umbrella. The ability to believe is, is perhaps the, the most powerful force at mankind's disposal. Think about it. The, the ability to believe that you and I can lean forward in our minds and begin to think about something and to believe for something. And then we can start to use our words to craft an imagery around something that does not yet exist. And then we start talking to other people and all of a sudden our thoughts and our words turn into action and people come around that idea and all of a sudden we're creating things that weren't created, that, that didn't exist prior. We're, we're, we're seeing the impossible accomplished through belief. Uh, think about it. This is uniquely human, this, this ability to believe because I left my dog at home all day yesterday. We were partying out in Colorado Springs and got to go up Pikes Peak, another 14er. Woohoo! Rode a train all the way to the top, but it still counts. <laughs> I did climb the first one, so just, just for what it's worth, okay? Number two, <laughs> get to put it on my board. But we're, we're gone all day. I get back home. My dog lady has been inside all day, and she's just pumped that everybody's home. And, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, lady was sitting around all day like, contemplating her existence. You know, I, I, I mean, I love Lady. I think she's awesome. She's a great dog, but I don't think she sits around, you know, dreaming what could and should be. I think the only thing she's thinking about is if they leave anything on the counter that I can reach, right? I, she, she's not, right? She, we see this in animals. They don't have the unique ability to believe what could and should be. This is uniquely human. And think about it. Everything in the history of humanity, everything significant, actually, both good and bad is kind of, kind of disturbing when you think about it. But everything that has ever been accomplished, for good or for, for bad, has been accomplished because someone thought that it could and should be, and then it happened. And, and as you think about it, right, every problem that's been solved, every mountain that's been moved, right, we have amazing medical mountains that have been moved through belief and through faith. There's, you know, these diseases that are ravaging the world, and someone says, hey, we should do something about that. Maybe we can eradicate that. And because of belief, because of faith, people put their minds and their words and their hands to work, and now there are diseases today that are completely eradicated and able to be dealt with that, that once upon a time were, were just destroying humanity, just, just destroying lives, and, and, and there was surrounding a fear, right? I mean, you think about it. You go down these paths, there's amazing, amazing things that have happened as a result of this ability to believe. And, and what's really unique is that our, our ideas, our words, right, they're, they're powerful. For good and for bad, they're powerful, and, and, and this is something, I mean, again, you know this, but ideologies, like, like ideologies or, or belief systems, that's what an ideology is, belief systems drive world events, right? Think, take a step back. Think about, like, just the last two years of our lives in, in you know, America and the ideologies, the belief systems, the words and words and words and words and words and words and words, and words that have been streaming across opposing 
news streams and every Instagram feed that you've got. And think about how these belief systems, these, these words over and over again have, have caused incredible turmoil in our country. In some, in some spaces, progress. In some ways, it feels like we're taking a step back, right? In some spaces, it causes a lot of division. Th- think about our country, right? Like, our country exists because a group of people got together and believed differently than England. You ever thought about that? Like, literally, the power to believe was a bunch of people said, you know what, I think we think different than England. Let's do something about it. And then they had a tea party, right? Like, like, and, and then we had a country, boom. And then, and then you, right, I mean, that's kind of cool in and of itself. There's a war, and we won, and look at us, we're big shots. And then in the 1800s, move forward, and all of a sudden, within our own country, there are differing belief systems, right? I think we should have this. I think you're wrong. I think we should have this. Well, you know what? I think you're wrong. I think you need to mind your own business. You know what? I'm going to get a gun. Okay, I'm going to get a gun. And then we went to war with ourselves over belief. It started as words. It started as talks. Because of what could and should be, there was a different, and then a, a, a really terrible part of our history happened within our own country because of the power of belief. And, and you know this, right, when you think about it. And I'm just trying to set the frame for like, wow, how, how, how amazing this gift of belief is, our ability to kind of lean in and dream. Right, Adolf Hitler started a world war by talking. The power of belief, the power of words. For incredible good and terrible evil, we've seen belief work in, in, in massive ways in, in, our, in our world and in our lives. And, and you know this, but w- when, when we believe something is possible, then we begin to look for a way until we find a way. That's one of the, one of the incredible things about belief is that what, what is impossible on the front end, because of belief, you and I can actually look at something impossible and say, hmm, maybe not, which makes no sense outside of the power, this incredible gift of belief. And, and, and this is quite a, kind of funny as I was thinking about this. Again, these are just general observations about belief before we get into the, like, the religious conversation. Optimists, this is kind of interesting, optimists often outsell their smarter, less optimistic friends. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Like if you're in sales and, and you're looking at someone who's got, you know, like an optimistic personality versus high IQ, if you're in sales, which one do you go for? Right, you want to go for the optimist. Why, why? Why? Because sometimes, man, your IQ can be so high that you can like outsmart yourself into doing something, right? Right, listen, some of you are so smart in the room. Some of you are like just, just eon smarter than I could ever be. I mean, I mean, you got more degrees than Fahrenheit and you're just geniuses on the, on the planet and it's amazing to like sit. I'll, I'll be in conversations sometimes with people in our church and I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, like my college degree feels like I just graduated high school next to you, right? I mean, I mean it's amazing, amazing how smart you are. And, and here's the deal. Some of you are so smart. I mean, I mean, you're just like a next level smart. And you get around some people. You ever been around somebody like, like just, just think about it. You couldn't say this out loud, but I'll say it for you. You ever been around somebody who's like just extremely successful? Maybe they like started a you know, business or something and they just got like just really successful in an amazing way and they got a cool story you, and you're really smart and you're around them. Have you ever been hanging out with somebody really successful and then after you're done in your mind, you're like, they just don't seem all that bright. <laughs> like, like, like I, I see that they're successful, but then, man, like, <laughs> there's some IQ lacking here, right? You're like, you're like, how did that happen? And there's this amazing thing, right, that, that when you look at some people, it, it's almost like they got lucky, and it's this gift of belief, it's this gift of optimism that yeah, you, like, you, you watch someone, you know, that they start a new business and something blows up and it's amazing, it's this opportunity that they took, and you're like, wow, that's so crazy that they did that. And then you take a step back and you look at yourself and you're like, you know what, I am so smart that if I would have looked at what they were looking at, I would have talked myself out of ever even trying it because I knew how stupid it was. 
but they were just dumb enough to try, right? You ever looked at like a, you're like, oh my goodness, I feel like that's how City Church got started, by the way, right? Like, like uh, you know, I, I, I say it often that I'm not the, you know, the smartest person in the room, I'm just the guy that got here first. Um, and, you know, and, and over and over again, like when, when we felt like God was calling us to move to Boulder and start City Church, everybody's like, oh, don't do it, it's a bad idea, you know, statistically this and that, and all the smarts and all the, all the wise counsels coming out us, at us, and I'm like, cool. And then I think I was just dumb enough to try anyway, right? And like against all odds, not because I'm the smartest guy in the room, but like God did something anyway. Like sometimes I feel like, like the, the power of optimism, the power of belief can trump IQ. You guys with me on that? Does it make sense to you? I mean, it's an incredible, incredible gift and power at mankind's disposal. Now, to sum all that up, belief empowers us to do things like try and and try again and anticipate and imagine and create and improve. I mean, it's this incredible, massive gift, like better than opposable thumbs. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and again, I'll get to that. I think it's a gift. I think, I think God created us with the capacity to believe. But, but number two, these are just general observations. Number two is that, that we constantly, you and I, we constantly look for evidence to support what we believe to be true. Right? You and I, and this is unconsciously, by the way, most of the time, I think, we constantly are looking for evidence to support what we believe to be true. And this is especially true of Republicans and Democrats <laughs> and everybody. In, right? Isn't it funny how, you know, you can be watching one news channel and you're like, yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then the contrary news channel gets on, you're like, turn that off. We don't listen to that trash. They're a bunch of liars, <laughs> right? It's amazing how you and I are constantly filtering in and out things to support our own beliefs. We constantly are looking for, and again, it's not necessarily that it's, that it's conscious. Once you and I land on a belief, we are constantly in the mode of looking to support what we believe. And again, this is just how belief works. This is not, we're not like poking fingers or anything. And again, this is bigger than religious belief. We're just talking about belief in general. Um, but once you, once you embrace an approach, then this is kind of the background noise that's happening. Now, number three, this is the third observation, okay? Belief is easier to maintain within a community of shared belief. And you know this to be true. And by the way, this is a lot of conversations I have with a lot of people who are, you know, struggling and wrestling with faith. And you, and you know, when you start to get into belief, even on a large scale, it's easier to maintain within a community of shared belief, right? Because all of a sudden, think about it. You have a belief system that you're pressing into, and then you have some whatabouts and what ifs, and you start asking questions, and you're like, do we really know, you know? And all of a sudden, you start to doubt things. And if you're in a community that has shared belief, what happens? Twelve people come around you and say, no, 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 no. Here's why we write. Right? I, I know you have some doubts, but here's why we're right. And you're like, oh yeah, that's why we're right. <laughs> right? And, and, and community around us with shared belief supports and reinforces the belief that we carry. And, and this is something that you probably know, even though you might not put words to it like I'm about to, that, that for our lives, belief often determines behavior. Our, our belief determines behavior. And so you ever looked at somebody and you're like, why do they act like that? Why do they do things like that? Or you ever looked at other, even other cultures? you know, just, just around the world, and you're like, man, that's so, they, th they think so differently, and if you think about it, if you put yourself in their shoes, you're like, okay, if, if I believed like they believed, then I would probably behave like they behave. Does that make sense? And so then, you know what's true on the other side is people all around the world look at America and say, why do Americans act like that? And we would say, because we're right. <laughs> and, and, and right, we have, these, we have these dispositions of reinforced belief. We live in the Boulder bubble, <laughs> and I like poking at the Boulder bubble, right, because it's, it's, you know, 25 square miles surrounded by reality, right? That's how people talk about it, right? We have our own even kind of culture and set of beliefs within Boulder city limits, don't we? People poke fun, and, and right, they'd say, why, 
why, why do people in Boulder think and act like that? <laughs> this is a community of shared belief. So that's kind of belief observations 101, okay? That's just general, not, not religious, not faith. We're not there yet. Hang with me, okay? It's gonna get better. I, I think God gave us the ability to believe. I think it's a gift, this incredible gift that we can compound, that, that we benefit from even genera- generationally. And again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not, you know, like that smart. So, so you can disagree with, you know, 90% of the things that I say, and that's fine too. Um, but I'm the one with the microphone, so you gotta listen anyway. Um, it's a joke. We're, you can laugh at my jokes, by the way. Um, I'm not that funny, but sometimes I'm nervous funny. You know what I'm talking about? Um, this is a, a, a unique conversation because it kind of puts us in this weird space, and I think you know where this is going. You're gonna see it in a second. Um, but the, the ability to, to, to believe it makes life better. It makes life richer. In fact, I want you to think about it. Like, c- can you imagine life without belief? Right? You, you can't, actually, because in order to imagine life without belief, you have to use belief to imagine. Right? You see? Right? But imagine if you could. Belief, which you can't. But imagine if you could. Right? It, it turns us into this space of hopelessness. Right? No ambition. No, no, no hope to lean into. So I think it's a gift. I think it's a gift that God gave us. So, again, the question is, so how does, how does you know, religious belief or faith intersect with this conversation? Where does that, that kind of shift gears? So let me just give you just some quick observations on that note. Religious belief, I'm just giving you a definition, okay? Religious belief is simply belief applied to things of a religious nature. Ta-da! That right there is very unhelpful, right? <laughs> right. But, but really, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, religious belief is simply belief applied to things of a religious nature. I mean, right? it's, it's not a superpower. It's, it's not having more faith in faith. It's not believe a little harder. And, and here's the deal. Here, here's what you probably already know in, in, your, in your mind. But, but religious faith hinges on this, this believe that, right? Like, I, I believe that this. I believe that this is right. So, so think about it. Like, I believe that God hears my prayers, right? Maybe you believe that too, no matter where you're on your spiritual journey. Maybe, you know, or I believe that God might hear my prayers. Oh, cool, me too. There's, a, there's an I believe that attached to our religious faith. And, and for example, Muslims, right? Muslims believe that Ga- this angel Gabriel spoke to the prophet Muhammad. And, and then that's, you know, so it's where the whole thing gets rolling, right? Or Christians believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for the sins of the world, right? There's all these believe that's attached to faith and belief. And, and here's, here's what's disturbing, and here's, this has been brought up many, many times in the conversations that I've had with my non-Christian friends, and it's this idea right here, that is it possible, if, if you and I believe deeply enough, if we believe deeply enough, that any religious system can become a, fel- a self-fulfilling prophecy? If you and I believe deep enough that any religious system could be could become a self-fulfilling prophecy that, that you just kind of get into some group think and you start looking for things, all of a sudden you're seeing them, you've been praying for things and looking for things and you're like, cool, there's some answers to prayer, right? We have these things, we're like, okay, okay, like what's the role of belief? I mean, is it, is it really, is it real or, or is it just this massive group think thing where you know, you're a bunch of people, share beliefs and you, know, you kind of voila, have yourself a religion? Is there any merit, is there any, any depth to it? Again, you get a bunch of believe that's together and that's basically what, what a religion is. I mean, this is really uncomfortable, right? Because you kind of sit in this and you're like, hmm, so what are you saying? And, and I think one response to, to this dialogue, um, these are just general observations, right? One response is, you know, that, that all, maybe all religion is just one big Jedi mind trick, right? Like, maybe it's all just, you know, for naive people that need answers, that need hope. Maybe it's just all put together so that people can feel better about, you know, the unknown and, and, and address our fears. 
And many people claim that, by the way, okay? So this is not, I'm just not making stuff up over here. These are conversations I've sat around a coffee table and had, I feel like, 100,000 times, right? Over and over again. These are great, great questions and points. So maybe, maybe it's that. Or, or maybe, you know, another response to, you know, kind of this, this thought of belief and, and, and the intersection of religion is like, you know, maybe you should just pick a religion in general. Like, like pick a religion, any religion. Maybe it doesn't really matter which one you land on, but maybe you should just become a religious person, right? Because if you look at the studies and you run some of the stats, like religious people, you know, they tend to have happier lives and they tend to live longer, right? There's actually stats that show us that religion is just a benefit to, you know, your life in general. And so maybe there's just this healthier, better life at the end of it if you kind of embrace these ideas. And, and here's the deal, right? It, it, as you wrestle with it, maybe, maybe it doesn't matter if, if it's even true, but maybe you can just believe enough until it becomes true. Anybody else uncomfortable? Yeah, dude, I'm, I, I started wrestling through this and I'm like, wow, why are we going this direction? I was in the car with my kids yesterday, driving home from Colorado Springs, and um, Grayson, my, my oldest, he said, hey dad, can we listen to some, to some rock and roll, but not I love rock and roll, not that he, specifically. Can we listen to some rock and roll, but not I love rock and roll? And so quickly we're trying to you know, find some awesome rock and roll songs to listen to. Got a couple of really good ones, some ACDC, things like that rolling through. And then a song, an iconic song that I missed that I think sums up the entire, like if you don't get anything else, the bottom line today is this amazing, amazing song by the great theologian's journey. And my encouragement for you today is this, don't stop believing. Hold on to that feeling, okay? You guys feel encouraged? Let's pray. Let's go home. <laughs> right? Like, okay, kind of feel like, like a cliffhanger, right? You're like, what? Is that it? Is, is that really all faith and belief are? Like, is it just this, hey, hold on to it, give it a best shot? Like, man. And you got to ask the question. Okay, I realize belief is a gift. I realize it's powerful. That's cool. That's an easy observation. But then, but then is there anything different about being a Jesus follower? Like, why even consider it? I mean, is there anything other than some of this group think, you know, naive people nonsense? And that's a great question. So here's what I'm gonna do with the rest of our time. Let me tell you why I'm a Jesus follower. And l- let me tell you why I think you should become a Jesus follower if you're not today. And listen, I hope that you do. It's okay if you don't. But I hope that you do. Let me tell you why I'm a Jesus follower. And I think this is way, way different, way, way better than some of the things that we've been talking about. Here's why. When Jesus died, those closest to him believed that, right there it is again. When Jesus died, those closest to him believed that he was dead. Right, even as they write the accounts, they they didn't write themselves as heroes into the story. When Jesus died, when he was murdered on a cross, they believed that he was dead. They believed that he was going to do what dead people would do. And that was stay dead, right? So you go to some of Jesus' followers right after he's, he's, he's crucified. And you say, hey, hey, Peter, like, who is Jesus to you? He said, man, I was hoping, you know, that he was who he said he was, but clearly he wasn't. Man, I was hoping that, right, that they believed that he was not the Messiah. They were hoping, John, John, who, who is Jesus? Man, I was really hoping that he was the Messiah, but he's clearly not because he's dead. Right? They, they, they believed that he was not the son of God. Andrew, man, what do you, what do you think? I mean, he said some crazy stuff. Right? I mean, yeah, he was a great teacher. We really thought we were going places, but I mean, man, it just can't, he, he's not that anymore because he's dead. They, they believed that their lives were in jeopardy. And I want you to think about this, Okay. This is, this is Jesus dying on the cross right after 
just a bunch of cowards. They split, they're hiding. And here's what's funny, think about it. Every other world religion, when the leader dies, it becomes a big deal, and all of the followers, what do they do? They kind of circle around to kind of perpetuate and, and make sure that that teaching keeps moving, don't they? Right, think about it, right? Gandhi dies, and what happens? Everybody makes a really, really big effort to keep his teachings alive, don't they? Right, Muhammad dies, and we go, oh, man, we got to take Islam and share it with the world. Right, Jesus dies, and everybody's like, nope. 100% not, right? We can't even go out of our houses because that dude was crazy. They genuinely thought, right? Jesus said so much about himself that when he died, everything that he said could not be true. They could not go and carry his teachings any longer because everything that he said was hinging on that reality. Now he's dead. He can't be who he said he was. And here's what I need you to understand. Again, this is why I'm a Jesus follower. Jesus' closest followers, they lost faith. In the end, it was game over. His own mom, his brothers, his closest followers, his best friend, they all lost faith. Game over, the end, he's dead, let's go home. And these are the same people that bring us the story of Jesus. And, and, and here's what's unique, guys. In this moment, when Jesus dies, they did not believe what many of us as Jesus followers believe today. And then a few days later, this same group of cowards, this same group of disbanded, hiding for their lives, lost hope, fearful followers. Not a not hundred years later, by the way, not, not 50 years later, not even 15 years later, we're talking days later, not in a different city, not somewhere where people wouldn't know them, in the same city that all these events went down, in the same city that their lives have been threatened for so far. They show up back in that city. They, they go back into that city because they saw something. I need you to hear me. Listen, not because they believed something. They saw something. Three days later, they saw Jesus alive again from the dead. And all of a sudden, all of their fear, all of their cowardice, moves to the side, and they show up back in the city. And it's, and it's funny. They, they didn't preach. You know, you think about it. They show up, and they're, like, talking about Jesus. What would you do? You know, if you're thinking about the life of Jesus, what are you going to share? He said some amazing stories, right? Like, oh, we could talk about, the, you know, all the sheep and the, the one that's lost. Or, like, what about the prodigal son? Or, right, there's all these stories that they could have shared. They show up, and they, and they start sharing Jesus and preaching. But they don't do any of that. They don't share any of Jesus' teachings. This is so important. They don't go back into the city and share any of Jesus' teachings. They had four points to a sermon over and over. You can go read it for yourself. I don't have time to give it to you today. You can go to Acts, check it out. They have four points over and over again that they uh, were, were preaching in the middle of the city about Jesus, and it looked like this. They, they were saying things like, hey guys, you killed him, right? Looking at the literal crowds in front of them, right? I mean, there's the Pharisees and the Romans and the Gentiles, and right? Oh yeah, hey, 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 you, you, you. I, I saw you over there. You know, you were yelling, give us Barabbas, and you know, I know I'm Peter, and I know I was a coward, and I know I ran, but I'm here to tell you something now, they're all, you, you killed him, God raised him, we've seen him, say you're sorry. That was their message, right? That was their, that was their whole sermon. They're like, that's it. That's it. Say you're sorry, right? That was their whole message. They didn't talk about any of Jesus' amazing teachings, only what they had seen. Now, 20 years later, 20 years later, right? again, not 100 years later, not, not a century later, 20 years later, eyewitnesses are still alive. The church is blowing up like crazy. Tons and tons, thousands and thousands of people are becoming followers of Jesus. And there's this guy named Paul. He's in Athens. We talked about this very first week of starting point. He's in Athens, Greece. He's talking about Jesus. And again, he doesn't use any of his fancy stories, any of his amazing parables, any of his principles about the kingdom of God. Paul shows up to Athens, Greece. They've never even heard the name of Jesus 
And he shows up and he says, God has done something amazing. God has done something amazing for all people. It's for the entire world. And he starts talking about Jesus. And they're like, who is this Jesus? And what is this babbler talking about? Right? Again, you can go back and listen to, to message one when we talked about this. And he doesn't share any of his teachings. Here's what Paul says. We're just going to revisit that in Acts 17. That God has given us proof. He's given proof of this reality to everyone by raising Jesus from the dead. That's Paul's solo message, not his amazing teachings, not how great of a guy he was, but he has raised from the dead because they saw something, not because they believed something. It was better than that. All the saints, all the cowards, right? They lost faith. There were no Christians after Jesus was crucified. There wasn't a single follower of Jesus post his, cru his crucifixion. And three days later, we see the first followers, the first Christians, because of something that they saw. Come on, Daniel, come on up. So as we close, I'm just kind of wrapping this up for you, okay? I know this is a lot, but if you're asking, man, Drake, why are you a follower of Jesus? And it goes back to this, question, this conversation that they saw something. So, and, and then when they saw something, when they saw their resurrected Savior, something happened inside of them. This is so important. Listen, God didn't say something through a prophet, right? That happens all the time, right? All the other world religions got it, you know, said something through a prophet. In this case, God didn't say something through a prophet. He did something through Jesus. This is not just to believe that Jesus taught true things. This is something that they, was, they had seen. So, as a follower of Jesus, we believe that something happened. We believe that Jesus was crucified for our sin and God raised him from the dead. And guys, listen, it's so much better than a hope so, believe a little harder conversation. It's way better than that. This is not a because the Bible said. Right? Because there was no Bible in this conversation. There were eyewitnesses convinced of what they had seen boldly sharing it with everyone and anyone who would listen. And we have these stories of Jesus that begin to be put together. What we know as the Gospels today, they're not put together for like 20 to 40 years after these events. So eyewitnesses are still alive. They're still legit documents. But again, it's not because the Bible says we're looking at eyewitness accounts. Thousands and thousands of people becoming followers of Jesus, not because of something that they read, but because of something that they saw. And these eyewitnesses were convinced of what they saw. And eventually they would give their lives, and this is important. I had this conversation recently. They would give their lives for their faith, and someone said to me, well, yeah, I mean, and people, people do that all the time. People die for what they believe in. Right, but I, I think these guys, they show up and say, we're not, we're not dying because of something that we believe. We're willing to die for something that we had seen. The resurrected Jesus. And so for us, for me, for you, it's because of eyewitness accounts like Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. It's because of Jesus' brother James. Listen, I don't know what it takes to convince your brother that you're God, but I'm not sure I can get my brother there <laughs> for what it's worth. James denied it the entire time until after Jesus' resurrection. And then when James saw his brother die, he walked away with his mom no faith. And three days later, he would say, I'm wrong. I was wrong about my brother. 
who is my God. So the question that you have to wrestle with, the whole point of this series, is who is Jesus? You might have a thousand other questions. And they're probably great. And there's plenty of space to wrestle with them. But the question is who is Jesus? And I need you to understand something really, really important about today's talk. A single event changed how those closest to him answered that question. Isn't that crazy? Pre-resurrection, he's not God. He's not who he said he was. Post-resurrection, we were wrong. He totally is. So what does this mean for you and me? Here's the good news, guys. Listen, when you, when you pray, if Jesus is really who he said he was, if we can have confidence and faith and belief and trust, when you and I pray, we can have confidence that God hears us. Why? Not because the Bible says, but because Jesus taught about it. If Jesus is really who he said he was, if he really did what he said he would do, then he taught us that we can address God as Father. That it's not about a religion, it's about a relationship. If Jesus is really who he said he was, if he did what he said he would do, then when it comes to conversations around heaven, we can have a conversation, not, not because the Bible talks about it, but because Jesus taught about it over and over again. It means that when you're walking through trouble, when life is heavy and when life is hard, we can press into the words of Jesus and he says things like, don't, don't, don't worry because I have overcome the world. All because he was raised from the dead. So I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus because of the same reason that, that all these guys were. This event in history, the single event in history that changed everything for everyone. It's something that they saw that reinforced, reinforced what they were invited to believe. So again, who is Jesus to you? Here's my questions for you today. Who is Jesus to you? You know, if you're not a follower of Jesus, and as you wrestle with faith, then the, really the question for you is, is, is he who he said he was? Can he do in my life what he said he would do? Is he God? Did he die for my sin? Did he rise again to save me, set me free, to make me right with God? Can I really have a relationship with God through faith? This grace concept that we talked about last week that, that has nothing to do with what I've done, has everything to do with what God has done. Can it be that good? Can it be that easy? Can it be that real? That's the question you gotta wrestle with. And if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I would encourage you, I hope that you become one. I hope that in your heart, your mind right now, you would feel this pull to embrace and believe and trust that Jesus was who he said he was and he can do in your life what he said he would do. If you're a follower of Jesus in the room, if you and I can trust Jesus, then, then one of the questions I've been wrestling with is, is what bearing should that have on my life today? How, how's your week been? How's the month been? How's the year been? What about, what about tomorrow? Like, like what bearing does this conversation have on tomorrow? Well, if Jesus is who he said he was, if he can do what he said he would do, then maybe it would, it, it would address how I'm dealing with worry and anxiety right now. Think about it, man. If you're a Jesus follower, then maybe, maybe this is gonna affect how I deal with future decision making and the things in front of me right now. If you're a Jesus follower, then maybe it's going to influence and, and change how I think about and handle my money. If I'm a Jesus follower, maybe it's going to change how I think about and engage in relationships. 
If you're a Jesus follower, then maybe it's going to change how I deal with conflict. If Jesus is who he said he was, if I can trust him and I can follow him, then maybe I'm going to carry myself different at work tomorrow or at school. Maybe even when no one is looking, it matters how I carry myself. Maybe if I'm a Jesus follower, maybe it's going to change how I think about and engage and love and serve my non-Christian friends. If I'm a Jesus follower, maybe it's going to change how I spend my time or connect in community or use my gifts to serve others. But the bearing on this reality is not just a better belief so we feel better about ourselves. Cool, we have a relationship with God, let's move on. If Jesus is really who he says he is and he can do in our lives what he said he would do, it changes everything. And that's the invitation if you're a Jesus follower today, is to be with God and to open up the Bible and to hear and obey and let it influence and address every area of our lives. So I'm gonna pray for you. And then we're going to sing some songs. So if you bow your heads with me just for a moment, this is not a super spiritual moment. This is just a moment of privacy for you. So as you, as you bow your head, as you close your eyes, this just gives you some space to reflect on what's going on in your own heart and mind. I know parts of this message today can be disturbing. I know it's uncomfortable to, to leave questions hanging, and they're great questions. But hopefully with the redirection of our conversation today, as you reflect in your own heart and mind, Hopefully you're given the permission right now to bring it back to the bigger question of who is Jesus? What am I going to do with that? So if you're not a follower of Jesus in the room right now with your heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to give you permission to pray in your own heart and mind. God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die for my sin. That he rose again to prove that he was who he said he was that he can do in my life what he said he would do. And I want to receive that incredibly amazing free gift of forgiveness and grace to be right with you. And however you would pray that in your own heart and mind today, I just want you to have confidence. If you're praying that for the first time, heaven is celebrating and so are we. That that's the one decision that changes everything. That's the one invitation that changes everything. And if you're ready to make that decision today, if you let us know on that connection card, that'd be an honor. As you sit here and you wrestle with your own life, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus, or you're still contemplating things. Maybe you're a follower of Jesus and, and there's just some things you've been wrestling with. It's like there's a disconnect between your spiritual life and what's in front of you today and tomorrow. Maybe today is a reminder that Jesus wants to intersect every space in our lives every day to be the center of our, our lives, not, not a priority in our lives. That he can do in our lives what he said he would do. So maybe you take some time today and surrender that space and respond. God, thanks so much for your love for us that you would send Jesus to die and raise again. Thanks for eyewitness accounts of what has been seen so that we can have confidence that you did something for us. We don't have just to believe. That's what's been done for us. It's in Jesus' name, amen.